Good morning. You're listening to Saturday Morning Dads. My name's Sean. My name is Curtis. And you're listening to the right podcast for you if you like to think way too much about children's movies. Today we're discussing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Starring the late great Paul Pee-wee Rubens. Alright. That's not really his name's not really Pee-wee. His, oh, name's, really? his, his name is Paul Pee-wee? Rubens. Just like the uh, famous painter, Paul Rubens. Oh, okay. I didn't know anything about art history. Yeah. I, I, uh, I had to take a lot of art history classes in college. Um, it's really hard to stay awake when they turn out the lights and start the slideshow. I would imagine so. Cause the, the slideshows don't even move. It's just still pictures. Still, pi- still pictures and, uh, the professor talking about the image. Um, I went to sleep a lot in those classes. Also hard to take notes in the dark. And hard to take notes when you're asleep. Yeah, super hard. Yeah, I've been sleeping a lot lately because I've been sick. Yeah. And I want to apologize to our our beloved listeners, our myriad of fans, our... The throngs. Throngs. The throngs of... We haven't released a podcast in a really long time, and I just want to acknowledge that and say we're sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Please forgive us. Please keep listening. Please... Please keep listening. Yes. But I guess if you, if you're hearing our pleas, you are actually listening. So thank you. We will make an effort to release more regularly, but no promises. No, no, (laughs) no promises. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're currently recording this episode on our lunch break. Yeah. So we don't have that much time. No, we've got an hour. So let's get into it. Let's yeah. dive into it. Today we're discussing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, and in honor of um, the late great uh, Paul Rubens, who just passed away a few weeks ago, we meant to or we meant we meant to record this a couple weeks ago. Uh, we just uh, scheduling conflicts and sicknesses and that kind of thing just got got in the way. Yeah. So, um, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, I this was a frequent watcher when I was a kid. I've seen it probably. 50 times. I I think this was the first time I've ever seen it. Really? Yeah, I would I would have liked to say previously I had seen it. Uh but I think maybe I'd only made it like 10 15 minutes in. None of the movie seemed familiar at all. It, really? Even a little bit. It was definitely definitely the first time I had seen this movie. There uh, yeah, this was one of those this one and the three amigos were the two like most highly quoted movies in our household growing up. Uh, but this one was probably the most. Yeah. Um, we loved it. Loved everything about it. Pee-wee is such a weird character. He's just like, man, you know what? I gotta say, there's a lot of parallels between this and Ernest. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar type of humor. Yeah. I mean, Ernest I do, is I not do, as good. Ernest I do think not, this is more sophisticated. This has yeah. this has some levels of humor that are uh, both very childlike and also very adult. And it's it's very timeless. Yeah, like this this movie is in its own weird little pocket dimension. It aged really well. Yeah, and there's really nothing else like Pee Wee. I mean. He's got like the nostalgia, like this kind of 1950s mid-century style with all his, you know, vintage toys. And, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse was the same way. It kind of had that style to it. Um, but also just like really off the wall, wacky. At humor. the same time, there's something that's kind of like late 80s, early 90s about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I loved the, um, I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse as a kid. Yeah, it was my favorite. Uh, I, I I was very young watching that, but I I loved it. And we uh, I watched it with my young with my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was streaming on some platform, but now you can't. I can't find it anywhere. Not oh, even really? not even to purchase. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I might have to hit up a movie trading company and see if they've got the DVDs. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was my absolute favorite show when I was a kid too. We were a Pee-wee household. Morpheus was in it. Yeah, Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Curtis, yeah. Uh, who is like my screen name uh, has always been Cowboy Curtis. 
Yeah. After people think it's from because I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, but it's not. It's oh, because, I thought it was because you look so good in your hats. Well, that too, but it's uh, it's because of Cowboy Curtis from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, homage to Cowboy Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Well, Larry Fishburne and uh, Phil Hartman was in that show too. Phil Hartman wrote Pee Wee's, or was one of the three writers on. Pee-wee's yeah, he Pee-wee's. co-wrote it. Uh, also, this is Tim Burton's first feature film, and it's got there's some moments in it where I'm like. I actually can see some of like Tim Burton's Batman. There's some scenes where I could see Edward Scissorhands, where I could see. Yeah, it's definitely got some of his style in it, um, especially like the clay animation scenes with like the dinosaur and um, and just some of the humor too is is very is Tim Burton esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul Rubens and uh, the lady who played Simone also played. Um, the penguins parents in batman returns and in gotham oh they were in gotham well also? just paul rubens was oh did you watch gotham no i did not i loved gotham really i know it was not a well-received show overall paul rubens was fantastic in it it seemed like um like batman meets dawson's creek no it was it was batman meets um like uh, CIS Felicity. It was it was it was like a detective procedural show. Oh, it was it? it was it was a little bit X Filesy. Was it because there were Batman villains, but but Bruce Wayne was only like twelve in the show, and, uh, and it was about Detective Gordon before he became commissioner. Gotcha. I got a totally wrong idea of from just clips of that show that i've seen no it, it, you might like it. you might want to just like watch an episode or two maybe not the whole series but i might uh had a really fun tone it was like um it was like uh de- it was gordon's first year as the detective oh so it's like batman year one yeah well bat well, oh no that was his first year as commissioner i think yeah maybe. it was before there's batman so okay because bruce wayne's a child he, yeah 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 Oh yeah, year one's first year of Batman, Batman right? Um, but yeah, I I loved that show a lot, and Paul Rubens was great in it. He was very gross. He yeah, he can do gross. Yeah. Um, oh, he was great in Mystery Men. I loved Mystery Men. Mystery Men was a great it's show. Such a underrated movie. One of the best uh, soundtracks. Smash Mouth. Just I I th- people don't appreciate how good Smash Mouth was for their time. Do you think Shrek um, All Star basically ruined them? Like the 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 song All Star being in Shrek? No, I don't. I, I think that actually solidified them as a children's hit because now my kids listen to that song unironically. They love that song. Yeah, and and Smash Mouth is just raking in those Spotify streams. They're, they're the new. Uh, they might be giants. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into the film. The film. Now I've got Pee Wee's Playhouse song stuck in my head, or not Pee Wee's yeah. Playhouse, Mickey Mouse's Funhouse. Oh, uh, that's that's different. That's they might be giants. That's they might be giants. Pee Wee's Playhouse theme, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman did the score for this movie. Yeah, and a, a long partnership with Tim Burton. I guess yes. this was the beginning of it. Um, that was a that was the reminder reminding us to talk about the movie. And to put my laptop into airplane mode. Um, so the movie starts out um, with the Tour de France um, making its way through clearly um, California hillsides. <laughs> yes. Um, Tour de France on Highway 1 this yeah, year. And they're all, uh, they're all wearing like some weird helmet things, uh, hats. And then here comes Pee Wee. Passing them all, laughing at him uh, yeah. as he goes by on his uh, super special bike that we'll learn more about later. Yes. Uh, and he wins the Tour de France. He's about to get a kiss from <laughs> Miss France, I guess. That's or what the, her satch said. Uh, sachet. Uh, or sachet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you hear an alarm, and it's his alarm. He wakes up from his dream. Uh, this might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. When he wakes up and just starts playing with immediately with all his toys. Yeah. It's such a little kid thing to do. 
And now that I have kids, I'm like, that is exactly the way that they act. They wake up and they just like immediately, immediately they think of like the last thing that they thought of when they went to sleep, which is like what they were playing and they start playing again. He starts playing with all his toys. Um, and it's really funny. Um, he's, he slides down his fireman pole and he's, he goes immediately from his pajamas to fully dressed in his iconic suit and bow tie. Yeah. Uh, and oh, Maddie had, I was watching this with Maddie. She had so many questions about this. Every, she was just amazed at everything he was doing and just, how does this work? How could he possibly do this? Are you sure he's a grown up? <laughs> she asked me, are you sure he's a grown up? And I was like, no, I'm not. No, he's somewhere in between because there are adults playing children in this movie. There are also children playing children in this movie and adults playing adults. So you don't really, they're like, he and Francis are somewhere in between. Yes. He's and, a, but they're the only two adults playing children in this movie. He's like some delayed onset failure to launch, but is super successful and has a really cool house. Because he does live by himself in his yeah. own house. Um, I assume he has some kind of income. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a trust fund because I don't think he ever goes to work. Not in this movie. In one of the previous or one of the, the last movie, uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday or whatever the one that was on Netflix. He has, he works at like a diner, but, um, and all his toys are like mid century, like, you know, ray guns and just cool stuff mixed with like 90 or late eighties. And according to a thing I read, most of that stuff was actually Paul Rubin's real toys. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you can tell like a lot of this is his style. Is that, uh, was that at a thing I com or, um, it was on, uh, IMDb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Trivia session section. Sweet. That's a gold mine. Yeah. Sometimes. I like to read it. Uh, so I have things to tell you about it. If, yeah. I, if I'm honest, I actually, I didn't read that. I told my mom we were doing this movie while I was on the phone with her and she read that trivia section out loud to me. Nice. So shout uh, out to my mom. Yeah. Uh, unverified facts. Unverified facts. Uh, these are all just, we're taking whoever wrote those in IMDb's word for it. Yes. Well, but they are all. 100% true. Well, you can't put lies on the internet. Mm-mm, it rejects them immediately. It gives you an error. Um, so after that, he fixes breakfast in this Rube Goldberg uh, breakfast machine that he has that he just, he, uh, he sets it in motion and he lights a candle, He lights a candle. It break, it burns a string and then his breakfast begins. Yes. And man, as a kid, I loved that so much. That I do remember that, um, and just, just it seemed so obtainable. It seemed like all I needed was a little bit more money and a little bit more time, and my parents to let me do whatever I want, and I could have that. It just yeah. seemed it seemed like I could rig this up. I just need a statue of Lincoln. Yeah, but as an adult, you just think. That will take way more time to set that up than to just cook some eggs. Yeah. And pancakes. Because uh, you still have to make the p- pancake batter. Yeah. You got to, you got to like prep this. You got to prep. Before. You got to put the eggs out. You got to put the pancake batter out and the pancake batter as he's just sitting out all night. A couple months ago, I meal prepped for myself for two weeks. Yeah. It was going to be a new thing I did every day. And I cooked the big meals on Sunday. Brought Tupperware to work, saved me time, saved me money. Yeah, I loved it. But I saw I, I didn't do. I didn't keep doing it. Yeah, I, that, would, I wouldn't prep this Rube Goldberg machine. This is breakfast prep to the max. You gotta, you gotta like. How are you refrigerating the bacon? It's just out. It's got to be just out. You're gonna get worms. Yeah. Well, luckily Pee Wee didn't eat, eat any of it. Yes, um, he didn't need any of it. <laughs> so he, uh, while while the breakfast is cooking, uh, he goes to the bathroom to brush his teeth with a giant toothbrush. Um, he does his whole mad rabid dog impression. Um, he finds some scotch tape in the bathroom and tapes his face up. He doesn't find it there. He keeps it there. He keeps it there. That's I, I'm for like this to believe purpose. that he does that every morning. Anyway, that, uh, the whole sequence is still so funny to me. Um, and yes. I watched this with my wife and I was just laughing through the whole thing and she thought I was an idiot, but, um, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, 
And then he he gets his breakfast. He has this giant fork and knife. Uh, and then he has a box of Mr. T cereal on the breakfast table. And he pours it all over his bacon and egg, Mr. He does a spot on Mr. T impression. Does a Mr. T impression. Uh, eats two bites of Mr. T cereal. Well, actually, one bite. And then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which... I also, now that I have kids, know that that is exactly how kids operate also. They make you make an elaborate breakfast and then they don't eat it. Um, or they eat one bite and then they say, oh, I'm full. Is that your, is that, is that your kids too? Or is that no, just my, my kids, kids eat all the food I put in front of them. Really? We do not have this, this problem is not relatable. Wow. Um, um they, okay, maybe one day my kids will eat, eat, uh, their breakfast too. Sometimes they do. My little one is much better eater than my older one. Yeah. Um, so after breakfast, we see Pee Wee's bike. Yeah. He goes outside. He has some secret codes. He puts it in. Um, there's a secret compartment and his bike is in there. It's in his, it's like a hedge. Yeah. Hedge wall opens hedge, up. Little hedge garage with a fake, uh, just like a painted on spotlight. <laughs> yes. It's really funny. Um, but I guess this is just like how kids, their prized possession used to be their bike. Absolutely. Oh, when I was a little kid? Yeah. It was all about the bike. It was your bike. I was, can still close my eyes and see it and just how beautiful it was. Yeah. I had streamers. I had like the little things that go on your uh, spokes and make noise. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It was a great bike. Um, but his bike has all kinds of gadgets on it. It's like. Again, it's like a mid-century design. Really cool. Looks like a 57 Chevy uh, with fins and all, all this stuff. Yes. Uh, so he shines it up, and then he go, he he takes off to go do some writing. But he runs into his nemesis. Francis. Francis. I love Francis. Played by uh, Michael J. Fox's teammate from Teen Wolf. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Forget his name in Teen Wolf, but um, yeah. Definitely not a not a great basketball player. No, he's not a an athletic man. Not an athletic man. Uh, but he stops Pee Wee, tries to buy his bike from him. Francis is a rich kid. Oh, I love a good spoiled rich kid. Spoiled rich kid gets everything he wants. He wants Pee Wee's bike. He has a mono, He's wearing a monogrammed onesie, basically. like a, a jumpsuit. A jumpsuit, like a mechanics outfit, but monogrammed. He, yeah. And, but, a, but and like fancy. an ask, and a, but he's like wearing fancy. like an ascot. Gotta, yeah, a, I think it's what the dad and Johnny Quest would wear. Well, his Francis's dad is also wearing the same thing. Yes, later. No. Um, but this is where we get like you know Pee Wee obviously refuses to sell his bike. Say he wouldn't sell it for a, a million billion dollars. Uh, and they get into the "I know you are, but what am I?" argument, mm-hmm. which was came in real handy. Uh, Classic. At Classic. Oh, yes. Did they invent that? Yes. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's... They popularized it for that's sure. That's the only place I ever heard it. Um, anyway, Pee-wee leaves him. He's like, brushes him off. Francis says, you'll be sorry, Pee-wee Herman. Very ominously. Very ominously. This this little, this little kid's got this... Tr- or not little kid. He's... He's like six feet, um, like 280. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but he's, uh, he's got this cherubic visage about him, but also he's menacing. He's very menacing in that moment. I don't know if that's just like a friend. Well, that same guy played John Wayne Gacy later in a different movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. So, uh, they probably saw his performance as Francis. And asked him to play One that thing movie. One leads to another, yeah. Um, so, the, and Pee Wee goes for a bike ride, sees some BMX guys doing some tricks, decides to do some tricks on his bike. He crashes. It's very funny. Then he goes shopping. I love the shopping sequence. What What were your thoughts on the shopping sequence? Um. So he goes to the magic shop. So yeah. So he's in the magic shop. I was being very aware of um storytelling devices i was like everything that he's being shown is going to come into play later yes and i I was just very excited i was like i can't wait to see all this stuff get some out of jams later um 
and uh, the prop store, it, it wasn't anything over too crazy. It was like that was like realistic. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It's all stuff you would find in a magic shop like yeah. that, like magic junk shop, basically. Uh, he gets some x-ray glasses and uh, winks at a lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, plays with a puppet. I mean, it's all really quick stuff, but it's, I mean, it's all funny to me. It was hilarious. You know, can I take a moment to pause here talking about the story beats? There's a podcast I love called Story Break where every week they write a new screenplay. Well, they don't write the whole play. They write like the outline of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But they often refer to this movie as just having like classic beginning, middle, end. Everything happens right on time. And then when I was – it's it's just a, a classic story yeah it hits all the beats it doesn't do anything outside the norm narratively it just it hits like if you buy a book on screenwriting and you just do exactly what it says you'll write this movie and it turns out that's what happened (laughs) phil hartman Pee Wee herman and the other guy had never written a script before they just bought a book on how to write a script that they know that teach it taught at ucla and in like the intro to screenwriting class and they just followed the outline and they came up with this movie. Oh man, that I and mean, that it, makes sense. That's uh that's why Star Wars was so successful. Also, he followed the, the hero, hero's, the hero's yeah, journey he's, explicitly. Yeah. Um and it just works. It just works, yeah. Just works. So that's that's what happens with this movie and uh and watching it on on this first watch through it was just like uh, a master class in storytelling like that i think they just yeah they, 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 they set up how much he loves this bike they foreshadow that it's going to get stolen it gets stolen epic journey to get it back the the love interest there's a setup and a payoff that's appropriate to the story yep there's the, the he gets the gadgets the gadgets get him out of jams he the, runs into a um, uh, you know, a lineup of interesting characters along and, the way. And like when, when he's talking to, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but when he's talking to the, um, the, the, the fortune teller and she tells him to go to the basement of the Alamo, it's so telegraphed and foreshadowed. Like it's not even close to questionable that, that, that plan is going to fail. Yes. And you know, in like the hero's journeys, there's the hero's lowest moment. You know he's going to hit that lowest moment. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie because his whole like, quest is leading him there you to know the wrong his, place. Yeah, you know his whole quest is going to be. So there's this irony in there, and it's just they they, they just knocked this. Uh, yeah, they nailed it. They nailed it. They nailed it. So uh, he's at the magic shop. He goes back out. He finishes at the magic shop. He goes back out check on his bike. I forgot to mention uh, that he has the longest bike chain in the world and wraps it around like a million times around this clown. A very creepy clown. Very creepy clown. Uh that scared me. That so was the that part more that John Wayne me. Gacy stuff right there. Is that another was it was that there, an Easter egg? There are no references to John Wayne Gacy. Uh that was a much later film than this. Oh okay. <laughs> um just that that actor did. Um so he goes and checks on his bike. His bike's still fine. It's still there. Then he goes to the bike shop to pick up um, his bike horn that he very special custom ordered horn. Yeah, uh, yeah. The his bike horn was not loud enough, so he went to go get it customized so it's louder. Um, he meets Dottie, or he runs into Dottie, who is the love interest. She asks him to go to the drive-in. He brushes her off with some like, uh, James Bond talk you don't want to get messed yeah. up with me you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me i'm a loner dotty a rebel yeah um which comes back into play in a very hilarious way um anyway he goes back so he gets the, the horn goes back out he sees bike chain on the ground his oh. bike is gone and he flips out goes back into the bike shop honks his horn um the police come he passes out. He passes out. The police come. The ambulance comes. Uh, he's hysterical, asking the police to do something. They're basically like, it's a stolen bike. We're not going to do anything. Uh, I'm guessing this is around L.A. I don't know. I don't know where this takes place. 
I assumed LA. I assume LA. Um, so his, he goes downtown to make a report and they're basically like, we don't have time. Uh, but the lady, the police lady is, <laughs> as she, the first scene in the police station, is she's asking him why he believes that the Soviets are involved. <laughs> 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 um, so, um, she asks him to retrace his steps and he thinks of Francis asking him about trying to buy his bike. Also, the, the police station had carpet. Yeah. It was obviously not a real police station. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I was just thinking, I guess. It might have been. I don't know. Carpet was popular in the 80s. I don't know. It definitely was. Um, so he heads over to Francis's house, knocks on the door. It's uh, a palatial mansion. Palatial mansion. He is very rich. Um, the guy who answers is the, the guy from uh, James Bond. Is it Objob? Objob, who is now in prison for multiple murder. Oh, in real life? In real life, yeah. IRL. Oh. Well, I just want to hear about that then. I believe. I mean, uh, everybody. I, he was everybody's favorite in GoldenEye because he was so short. Yeah. Give you an advantage. Um, yeah. You could check me. You could check me on that. But I, I, I do believe that he, he is in prison for multiple murder. Um, anyway, he's in this movie. Yeah. This is this. So this is before. The murders. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, Pee Wee uh, tricks him, gets into the house. <laughs> Francis is taking a bath in a, this giant, uh, I guess. A, it's a swimming pool? It's a swimming pool. He's got his swim trunks on. Uh, but he's playing with all these toys. Pee Wee goes in there, confronts him. They have a big fight. In the pool. In the pool. Um, Francis's dad comes, busts down the door, and... Um, Pee-wee's trying to escape, but he, he can't. And then uh, this is where Pee-wee's first uh, magic shop purchase comes into play. Yeah, the trick gum. Trick gum. He gives the dad some trick gum that's, I guess it's really hot, really spicy. and then No, it just like, makes the black stuff leak out of your oh, mouth. Oh, that, that was Francis's. But then the dad was like just screaming because I think it was hot. Oh, uh, okay. That w- which was really confusing to me when I was a kid. I was like, why is he yelling? Um, but anyway... Pee-wee, I guess, decides that Francis doesn't didn't take the bike because dad said his dad said he was at home all day. Um, so now Pee-wee doesn't know what to do. He calls this meeting with all his friends in his basement at night, uh, where he presents all this evidence. And this is also one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he he presents all this evidence. The meeting lasts over three hours. Nobody knows like why they're there. And Pee-wee's just obviously gone off the rails. Um, there's this guy called Amazing Larry <laughs> in the audience at, at his meeting. Um, and that's just really funny. He, uh, he turns to someone and, and starts whispering and Pee-wee yells at him. Uh, if there's something that you want to, <laughs> want to share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry. <laughs> um, but anyway. Pee-wee's obviously gone off the deep end. He's lost without his bike. Um, so he just is wandering the streets at night in the rain. Uh, and he, <laughs> he comes, he's, he's in this dark alley and this gang of guys jumps out and is going to beat him up. They say, they, and then they're like, we don't like newcomers. We here. don't like strangers around here. <laughs> and then he just turns to him and goes, <laughs> and they all scatter. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts when I was a kid. Uh, and this is where he goes to the fortune teller. I think, I think in here we do see a quick clip of Francis in another scene of Francis talking to a, a street tough, a, a street tough, a member of the Ramones <laughs> and, uh, tells him to get rid of the bike. He doesn't want it anymore. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. So obviously Francis paid this guy to, to steal the bike. Yeah. Uh, but now it's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see. So street gang, a fortune teller. So Pee Wee pays his fortune teller. She takes his wallet, sees that uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of pictures of Pee Wee's bike in his wallet. Uh, so she's like, uh, I see a bicycle. He's like, yeah, where is it? And then she looks out the window. You're kind of seeing from her point of view, like, uh, she's just looking around the room. She sees outside like Alamo. Yeah. Uh, 
And then Al- Alamo's discount. Yeah. Or something, something like that. And then she's, he's like, is that the Alamo? And then, like, then she Jim's sees a basement bargain. Yeah. Bargain it's- basement. And she's like, in the basement. <laughs> he's like, whoa. So now Pee Wee has, uh, <coughs> he has a, um, a quest. And this happens exactly at the 30 minute mark as it should. Yes. So this is where he begins his quest, uh, to go get to Texas from wherever he is, California, uh, to get to the Alamo and go check out the basement because his bike is obviously there. Um, so the next scene, he is hit, he's hitchhiking because he doesn't have a car, doesn't have a bike. Uh, so he's hitchhiking and someone finally stops. I just want to take a minute. To, to pause at this 30 minute mark when he we know he has a mission mm-hmm. we know what about peewee needs to change he cares more about this bike than his personal relationships he needs yes. to balance that out that's what that's what that's what's really harming his life yeah he's pushed it's, everybody away because he could have all these wonderful friendships and he could have a fruitful relationship with dotty and but he pushes everybody away because he loves his bike so much we know the villain is Francis and that Francis needs some come uppings. And, um, we know that he's going to not be successful when he gets to the Alamo. We, we just know so much and, and they crammed that all into 30 minutes. Yeah. It's just excellent it's a, storytelling. It's a great setup. And, and just, and you're really, you're rooting for Pee Wee. You're really, you're really pulling for him. You're hoping he can grow and change on. This journey of growth and change. But you also want him to find his bike. You want him to find his bike. You want him to be happy, though. But, you know, just finding the bike by itself won't make him happy. No. Um, so he finally gets picked up. He's starting his journey. He gets picked up by uh, this guy named Mickey. Um, he's riding with Mickey. Classic criminal name. Very uh, criminal-looking dude. He's in uh, all denim. Uh, and Pee-wee looks over, and he's got... Um, He's got handcuffs that are broken apart, broken apart, on still, still on his wrists. Uh, asked him what he did, what he did. Uh, he said he, uh, he cut one of the tags off of a mattress that says you're not supposed to remove it. Um, as a kid, I thought that's really what he did, but you know, as you get older, you you can tell in the actor's performance, like he didn't really do that. He's just telling this kid that because he doesn't want to tell him what he really did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also just for the record, the buyer is allowed to cut that off. Just the sell, the, yes. the retailer can't. Just, uh, you can. If you buy a mattress, you can cut the tag off. Yeah, you can cut the mattress open. You can sleep inside the mattress if you want to, like a, yeah. like a tauntaun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mickey, they get stopped by the police, uh, like a, I mean, they've set up like this dragnet basically to find Mickey. Um, they somehow come up with these costumes. Where Pee Wee's this lady, and uh, it's a ridiculous, uh, ridiculous scene where the cop makes Pee Wee get out so he can look at his dress, and Pee Wee poses. This cop has never once acted before a no. day in his life. No, he is a extra. He's an extra extra. Yeah. Um. And then uh, so you cut to nighttime. Pee Wee's driving now. Um doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he gets real confused at night, drives off a cliff. Um, and they're saved by parachute action on the convertible rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's all done like very cheaply. There's no special effects in it at all. Um, Mickey tells him to get out. He's in the middle of nowhere. It's pitch black. And this is where he uses head headlight glasses from magic, magic shop. Yeah. And he turns them on, and there's just, I mean, it's like a room full of uh, taxidermied animals. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like one or two live rabbits and stuff, but he's just surrounded by all these critters. Uh, but that's like the end of that section. Doesn't the, Mickey give him the, you don't want to get messed up with me yeah, speech? He gives him the, he gives him the, you don't want to get mixed up, mixed up with a guy like, like me. Word for word verbatim what he said. Yeah. And Pee-wee says, oh, ah, yeah. deja vu. Now Pee-wee knows that maybe he hurt Dottie a little bit. Yep. So now Pee-wee is uh, hitchhiking again. Gets picked up this time in the middle of the night by a semi-truck. Large Marge. Large Marge. And she starts telling him a story about the worst accident she'd ever seen. 
Sounded like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. Uh, and she's real menacing, real creepy. And then <laughs> when she, uh, she tells him about when they took the body out of the twisted wreck, it looked like this. And then it turns, she turns into like this clay animation yeah. uh, monster that was, I had to close my eyes when I was little. Uh, it was scary. It was, it was scary. Scared baby Curtis. It scared me. Um, but it's really funny. A really funny, funny scene in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so then Pee Wee's like, I got to get off right here. Uh, goes to this diner and it's like that. I don't know where this is in California, but it's in a ton of movies. It's this Bakersfield. It's this diner with all these dinosaur things outside yeah. that you can like climb up into. Um, but he goes there. Um, I guess Mickey stole his wallet, so <laughs> he doesn't have a wallet, so he ends up washing dishes. He meets Simone, who works at the diner. Um, they she's obsessed with France. She wants to go to France, Paris. Um, they have uh, they have a conversation. They go up into the one of the dinosaurs and watch the sunrise. They have kind of an intimate conversation about Pee Wee's dreams of rolling a big donut and being chased by. Snake uh, with a vest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Simone's boyfriend, Andy, shows up as they're coming out of the dinosaur. And he chases Pee Wee around. Um, there's a little chase scene. And then Pee Wee jumps onto a train that's going by. Yes, they flick a freight train. Yeah, freight train. Um, and there's a classic train hobo inside. <laughs> yes. Um, and. Uh, he sings a bunch of songs with the hobo. Um, the hobo uh, can sing more songs than Pee Wee. Pee Wee's yeah. getting tired of the songs. And the hobo is obviously drunk. <laughs> yeah. As all good hobos should be. Yeah. Um, it's hard to ride the rail sober. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's just, yeah, he's a rail rider. And uh, Pee Wee can't take it anymore. And he jumps off the train. Um, right in front of a sign that says, welcome to San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Pee Wee has finally made, got it, gotten to his destination in just a couple of nights. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, make pretty good time. Made good time. Um, without a car even or a wallet. Yeah. So he makes his way to, uh, the Alamo and there's a classic Alamo tour scene with Jan Hooks from SNL. Wait, he made it there in one night. Two nights, because he had the night with Mickey. Which was the same night as Large no, Marge. Same night as Large Marge. They, he saw the sunrise, and then oh, then, and then he rode the train, I guess, all day. So, that's only one night. I guess, yeah. Or, or did he spend the night in the train, too? There was know. a lot of... Maybe there was a lot of train stuff we didn't see. Yeah. We he just, was on the train a they, lot. We don't know how long they were singing songs. Yeah. Um. So, he's he's at the Alamo... He's on the tour with Jan Hooks as the tour guide. And she's just a really funny lady. Yeah, she was hilarious. Um, the The whole tour scene was very funny. The whole tour scene. Um, and man, that made me want to go visit the Alamo so bad. Just because I liked that scene so much. Um, and then at the end of the tour, he raises his hand. He says, hey, uh, when are we going to go see the, the basement? And then she looks really puzzled. She's like, there's no, there's no basement at the Alamo. And then the entire crowd starts laughing at him. Yes. <laughs> like everybody, like it's ridiculed. Just common knowledge that there is no basement at this, the Alamo. And this is the hero's lowest moment. It's his lowest moment. He, um, you know, he's gone on this journey to find his bike. He's been hopeful this whole time. And now he finds out this fortune teller lied to him. And there's no basement even at the Alamo. So he doesn't know what to do. Um, so he goes to, uh, he gets a, he goes, calls, uh, Dottie on the phone. Yeah. To get her, get her to wire him some money for a bus ticket back home. So he's going to give up. Um, but he goes to the, the, the bus station. Um, and, uh, Simone's there. So he says goodbye to Simone. She's on a bus to somewhere. To go to France. She's on a bus to France, I guess. Yeah, on a bus to France. <laughs> um, and Andy shows back up, chases Pee Wee. Uh, he goes and hides at a nearby rodeo 
Uh, there are a lot of rodeos around. A lot of rodeos around the bus station in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, there's there's also a really funny scene where he proves to Dottie that he's in Texas by uh, he sings the stars at night are big and bright, and then everybody everybody on the street just stops and claps and says "Deep in the Heart of Texas," um, which is is ridiculous. It's, accurate. it's ridiculous and funny. But, it does happen. <laughs> uh, so, and it's just like a kid's perception of what Texas is if you don't live yes. in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so everything everything in this movie is kind of like a kid's perception of reality. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's like exaggerated and like, you know, the people at the Alamo probably didn't really laugh at Pee Wee, but he felt that way. And there's just this like kids just have this idea of like they can just do whatever they want if they just all I got to do is try hard enough and not have adults get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just don't. Yeah. Don't mess up my plans. That's kind of what Pee Wee was operating on. Like I can go to the Alamo and get my bike back because he's a kid with no adults in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he gets a harsh dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Pee Wee, uh, he's at, yeah, he goes and hides at the rodeo. He puts on this like crazy cowboy outfit. I don't know where he got it, but it's like a huge 10 gallon hat and spurs and G- giant chaps, g- huge chaps. They're like goat leggings. And then, uh, they just throw him on a bull. <laughs> he rides a bull. Um, Somehow, uh, even though you're only, you know, eight seconds is the limit, he, he makes a Texas or a world record in how long he stayed on the bowl. Um, but he gets knocked off, knocked unconscious. Um, and he gets taken to, or no, they wake him up. Um, and they're asking him questions. Who are you, kid? And he's like, I, I can't remember. Um, uh, where are you from? I can't remember. What do you remember? And he says, I remember the Alamo. <laughs> and they all, and, and all the cowboys cheer and throw their hats in the air. <laughs> just, uh, there's all kinds of great, just like little, little, uh, yeah. gimmicks in here. Um, then, uh, he makes his way, I forget how, but he makes his way to a biker bar and he's trying to use the payphone in a biker bar. Oh, Dot, I think Dottie's boyfriend finds him, starts chasing him again, and he runs in there to hide. I don't know. I was I watching know. this. I was watching this portion of the movie while I was driving. Oh yeah, um, that's not, so not it's great. not very conducive to paying attention. Anyway, he's in, he's in the biker bar. Uh, yeah. He's using the phone, trying to use the phone. Every, it's a, like a really loud, raucous, you know, breaking bottles, and everybody's yelling, and uh, <laughs> and he yells at them. I'm trying to use the phone, and then they all they all gather around him. Basically, throw him out. Mm-hmm. They tell him this is the this is the personal hangout of the Satan's helpers, which is just a great name. <laughs> that is the biker the biker gang's name is the Satan's helpers. <laughs> so uh, they throw him out, and he uh, as he's leaving, he knocks over all of their motorcycles <laughs> in a yes. domino fashion, which he had previously done to some bikes. Yes, uh, when he was in the bike shop. When he was in the bike shop, uh, so he knocks over a lot of bikes. And they bring him back in. They're going to kill him. Um, they're talking about all the ways they're going to kill him. And then he asks for a last request. Oh, and then like the biker mama comes in and, uh, it's the lady who plays Elvira. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but he asks for a last request. And this is like one of the most famous scenes in the movie. He, uh, he borrows the, the barkeep's, uh, platform shoes. Puts on tequila on the, yeah. on the jukebox and does his tequila, his famous tequila a dance. Sexy little dance. Uh, he starts breaking bottles and then, you know, slowly the bikers all get into it. And then at, by the end of the song, he's like part of the gang. Yeah. <laughs> they love him so much. Uh, they give him a bike. He immediately crashes it into a, a billboard and has to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in the hospital, we get like a, this crazy, uh, clay animation dream that he has of, um, and Francis is the devil dressed up like the devil, um, lowers his bike into hell. And then, um, there's this doctor who's like the clown from like when he lost his bike. Um, anyway, it's kind of a scary scene for, for kids. 
but it's also a very Tim Burton, very Tim Burton-y scene. Um, he wakes up and then turns on the TV and he sees, sees his bike <laughs> on a movie set. It's yes. like, uh, on entertainment tonight or something. Yeah. It's on a, it's, they're like giving it to a child actor for being so good at movies. Or something. Yeah. Something like that. Something that like a kid would think like, yeah, he relates to this child actor who's like, yeah, he's getting um, this isn't, bike. Isn't this child actor all, wasn't he also in a lot of stuff? Yeah. He was, um, wasn't it, um, wasn't he? He on was in Wonder Years. He was the older brother. Yeah, he was the older year, older older kid in Wonder Years. Yeah. Um, Kevin is it Kevin? Is that the kid's name in Wonder Years? That was the the Fred, boys. Yeah, the, Fred Savage. But yeah, it was Kevin's older brother who was super mean. Yeah. Um. So, um, Pee Wee goes to the movie lot. He sneaks on the movie lot. Um, by being a part of George Burns. Uh, entourage <laughs> yeah. um he goes to finds his way to the set where the, his bike is he dresses up as one of the extras and then just takes the as bike a nun. As, as a, a nun, nun. takes yes. the bike um and then there's a big chase scene where all the and he's uh on what what and movie what a, movie lies it fox or is it uh warner brothers warner, warner brothers it's on it's on a movie lot so he goes through all these movie uh production productions and that, movies yeah and they're all the movies they're making are from the 50s yeah and it's all just like, it's like godzilla, godzilla and, and, um <laughs> and then there's also like twisted sister is making a music video yes, yes. <laughs> and he goes and messes it up and then they go to like a cowboy western town yeah and it's just like all these crazy antics through this movie lot and it's really they fun. go through the um nursery and where there's just a bunch of plants. And now I really want to know if studios have nurseries. They probably do. They um, use plants for productions. They probably do. So he makes it out of the movie lot on his bike, um, but he sees a burning pet shop that's on fire. Yes. So he goes in, he saves all the animals. But he doesn't uh, want to save the snakes. Doesn't want to save the snake. They're little like garter snakes. Yeah. Um, but the very end, he's like, I got to do it. So he comes out and there's just all these animals all around. Yeah. Um, and he's got two handfuls full of snakes and he faints. <laughs> and the, the fireman comes up and they're like, this boy's a hero. And the cops come up and this, this boy's under arrest. Yeah. Um, and the next scene, they're, they're back at the movie lot. Uh, at the the movie studio, they're going through all the footage of all the ruined movies. Um, but uh, the movie exec wants to give him a movie deal. They want to make his story into a movie. Yes. Um. So he says yes. The next scene is uh, the movie has been made. And they're at the drive-in uh, for for movie premiere. Um and. They show clips of the movie that's been made, and it's, um, it's P.W. Herman. P.W. Herman. It's a spy story, and yeah. the, the X1 is his bike, and it's this super secret uh, motorcycle. It's James Brolin, and Morgan Fairchild is Dottie, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's really, really funny. And then uh, Pee Wee makes a cameo as the hotel clerk, <laughs> but they dub they dub a deeper voice. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he just keeps looking at the camera. It's really, really funny. Um, but at the movie, at the drive-in, there's all the characters that he met throughout his journey are there. Mm. Uh, Mickey's there in a prison bus. <laughs> and, uh, they, they let him come to the premiere. And uh, Pee-wee's got snacks. He got snacks yeah, for everybody. Got snacks for everybody. He's going through handing everybody snacks. Yeah, gives Mickey a snack, uh, a foot-long hot dog that has a file in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the hobo's there with all his hobo friends. They're around a a barrel fire <laughs> at the drive-in. Um, all his BMX, BMX kids are there. Um, and then Francis is there and he wants, uh, he's, he's kind of schmoozing with the, the press, the press. Um, and Phil Hartman's one of the, one of the reporters, but, it, um, Pee Wee's like, Hey Francis, do you want to take a, a photo on, on my bike? Uh, and then he, you know, he, he pushes the ejector button and Francis goes flying. So that's, that was Francis's. Yeah, that was his sweet come up. That was his sweet comeuppance. Uh, and then that's basically the end of the movie. Well, he, he, he ends up. Yeah, he and Dottie ride off into the sunset. On their bikes. On their bikes. Yeah. And, uh, he says, I don't need to, I don't need to watch the movie. I lived it. Yeah. And then that's the end. Till Big Top Pee Wee.
which oh. I've only seen once in my life. I, I, I didn't, I remember not liking it because it wasn't the same. What were your, you'd never seen this movie. What were your impressions? Well, this movie had been much hyped to me as just a great example of, uh, keeping the storytelling simple and tight. hitting, hitting the right beats. And I feel like it did that. And it was a tight 90 minutes. Was, was it, yeah, it was tight 90 minutes. There were three acts. Each act was 30 minutes. And I felt like it had so much fun. Just everything, all the, all the characters, um, were just, uh, they were all a, a joke, but somehow also sincere. Yeah. And they were all believable. Yeah. Pee Wee somehow was believable as, uh, a little man child who had lost his bike. <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh, it was very enjoyable. A- am I going to rush around to go see it again? No. Um, I can't wait to show my girls and I, I will be heartbroken if they don't like it. Yeah. Now I showed, I showed Maddie and Maddie, or I started watching with Maddie and, um, she, she gave up pretty quick. Um, but she seemed she seemed into it, um, and then uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like th- there's no um, there's so much I, there. How how to how to put this nicely? I'm it's not, I'm not trying to say it's it's bad. Uh, I think Paul Rubens' Pee Wee character has lost something over time just with how influential he was at the time and how derivative other things have been of it. Yeah, it's like if you watch the first Austin Powers, like all those jokes got basically taken and are done to death now. And you watch it now and it's like not that funny because, you know, all those are old jokes now. Yeah. But I can, but, but Paul Rubin's Pee Wee character is so unique and original that, um, it, it still holds up after all this time to actually watch the source material. Yeah. You know? And it's, it, and it's a good story. And it's, you know, really interesting characters, really interesting set design. And, and there's a laugh every minute. Just like, and it's so funny still. Yeah. It's so funny for kids and it's also funny. It's one of those movies that kind of, you know, has a good balance of kid humor and adult humor. Um, and it was kind of, you don't really know who it was made for. Like, I don't know if it was made as a kid's movie or if it was made as a movie for, for adults. Just everybody. Cause it came from his stage show, which was not for kids. It was for adults, but it was like his stage show was pretty much like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Where he, you know, he's this character, but it was not for kids. It was, it, it was a little bit dirtier and like, um, not, it wasn't like filthy dirty, but you know, it just wasn't for kids. Uh, but I do feel like when this came out, it was kind of marketed toward kids. Yeah. I, why wouldn't you market it towards kids? I mean, that that's how you get more people to yeah. the seats and then if you market movies to just grown ups. Then you're only selling two tickets. You get the whole family. You're selling four or five tickets. Yeah, it's true. Um, That's why Disney does so well. Man, Disney kills it, don't they? Yeah. These um, stupid Pixar movies. Yeah, they just keep getting... They need to just uh, reset and make another Monsters, Inc. and another Incredibles. I I would watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure a hundred times... Before I watch Elemental once. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've never seen Elemental. You're lucky. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, now, Pee-wee's Playhouse. What was your relationship to Pee-wee's Playhouse? I remember watching it as a youth, but I was too young to really remember it. I remember Cowboy Curtis very clearly coming through the door. Missy Vaughn. She had big hair. Big hair, big dresses. Big dresses. I remember Cherry being uh, unpleasant. Cherry was very pleasant. Nope. It was a chair. It eats where your butt goes. That's not okay. Well, her her mouth was kind of like where your 
legs are. Her the top of her mouth was where your butt goes. Yeah, that was like her top lip, I guess. It's like your butt was on her top lip. My, I didn't want my butt to be that close to somebody's gigantic orifice where they could eat me. I okay, didn't, I didn't want to be. Right. I, I I was very young when I saw Pee Wee's Playhouse. There was also a dog chair that looked much more likely to eat you. Hmm. How well is your relation to Pee Wee's Playhouse? Oh man, I um. Looked forward to it every Saturday morning. That was like the highlight of my Saturday. That was back when like Saturday mornings were cartoon events. Oh, yeah. It was like all your shows came on once a week and you had to, you had to watch them. I, I remember being that way about Recess. That the show, was, Recess. That was the, Yeah, that was the show I couldn't miss. I loved Recess. Yeah. Man, TV is so different because, <laughs> like, if you didn't watch Pee Wee on Saturday morning, like, you just didn't see you it just ever. didn't see it until maybe like they did the reruns um, in the off season. But yeah, it's like if you if you missed a show, you just missed it. Yeah, and that's why they were like they were not like they were more episodic. It was shows back then were like self contained. It wasn't like a serialized story. Because, I mean, you couldn't do it. Because if people missed, if people missed one week, they're like, "Oh, I can't watch the rest of the show now." I think that's why shows like X Files and um, oh, what's that other show where creepy things happen? Twin Peaks, Goosebumps, Twin Peaks. Yeah, uh, were so um, important at the time because they really showed how you could mix episodic. Yeah, man, with like Monster of the Week. Yeah, man, I loved X Files too. That was that was another one that I Sunday nights I did not miss it, and I taped all of them, and I still have all the VHS tapes somewhere. I watched a lot of Buffy like that. I was a big Buffy. Right. Um, yeah, we have to go back to work in, what, in eight minutes. Eight minutes. Um, how <laughs> how many how many bow ties do you give this movie? Uh, seventy two. Seventy two out of seventy three. So, so, uh, yes, seventy-two out of seventy-three bow ties. I give it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a simpler scale. Ten bow ties being the best. Uh, zero bow ties being the worst. I give it ten. I'm gonna say this is the best movie we've ever watched. It's my favorite movie we've ever watched. Most of the most granted. Most of the movies we watch are trash. It's better than. <laughs> What was the one under the sea movie that we watched? Shark's Tale? We never actually recorded the episode. Neither of us could finish watching the movie. It was so terrible. Yeah, we abandoned that one. <laughs> we never recorded the episode. I forgot. That would have been With a good Freddy episode. Prince Jr. and Andy Dick as fish. Man, that was a bad as movie. Fish. That was. A- and was it was Robert De Niro in it? No, no that's, he plays a shark in a different movie. That was Shark's Tale. This one was Shark Bait. Shark Bait. Man, if you ever get a chance to watch Shark Bait, do not do it. I would say watch the first five minutes so that you can see the worst animation to ever make it. I mean, to, the big to a feature film, like, and you just look at that animation, and somebody said, "Yeah, that that's good enough." It looked like I drew it on a dry erase board, and then like took a picture and put a Photoshop filter over it. Those early days of three of three D animation were just rough. It wasn't even that early. It was. Uh, it was. It, it, it came was, out like years after Shrek. It wasn't even oh, that early. Man, it was just unwatchable. Yeah. It had, well, you know, it had a really long produ- and and troubled production. It was like in production for four years or something. Uh, but yeah, I think it's. I think Pee Wee's Herman. Out of all the movies we've watched, I've enjoyed it the most. Same here. And it is. I think it, it was absolutely. I wish I'd watched it earlier because. I'm very interested in screenwriting. One day, one day I'll write a screenplay. Uh, probably never, though. Uh, but uh, I, I see why it's such an example, and it's taught in school. Like it absolutely does everything right. It does nothing wrong, and yeah. it's just it's a completely it, satisfying movie. It's just a master class in storytelling. Yeah, the yeah. Spe- I think the special effects hold up. They weren't too ambitious. No, and they were supposed to be like when they did special effects. They were supposed to be kind of funny. Yeah, the kind of claymation stuff. Yeah, and I, I think 
Um, I, I wish I had watched it as a child. I wish I had watched it years ago. Um, I I loved it a lot. Yeah. It definitely has a special place in my heart because of when I watched it. And it was like one of those movies that my dad watched with us and like he loved it. So we loved it even more. Um, and yeah, it's like all time, one of my all time favorites. Um, just because of, yeah, has some emotion tied to it for me. Is it better than the matrix? Is it a better movie than the matrix? Yes. Very different movie than the matrix. The matrix doesn't hold up as well as Pee Wee's big adventure for me. Yeah. The special effects are, there's some, there's some things like when you go back and watch the matrix, you're like, "Eh, it's pretty like late nineties looking stuff. Yeah, but that's not an answer to the question. Pee-wee's Playhouse versus The Matrix. Um, I would choose Pee-wee. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Big Adventure versus The Matrix. Yeah, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, for sure. Okay. For me. Yeah. You? You're going to choose The Matrix. I'm going to choose The Matrix. The Matrix is great. And it when it came out, it was like mind mind-bottling. Like your mind was in a bottle. I was just trying to think. Like you clearly love this movie on a primal level. Yeah, I do. I, I was trying to think what movie I love that way, and I think it's The Matrix. Yeah, uh, The Matrix definitely changed movies. Yeah, it changed the way that it changed my relationship to movies too. It changed my relationship to movies. It it, it made me actively want to see movies mm-hmm. instead of just like, oh, okay, there's a movie on at the slumber party. Yeah. What about the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Uh, those are some of my all-time favorites, too. Lord, of the, if, if you had to erase from existence the Lord of the Ring trilogy or erase from existence Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, man. Probably Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's the one you're going to erase from existence? Yeah. Just because I feel like Pee-wee was more formative to my personality. Hmm. Lord of the Rings was fantastic, but you, you always have the um, 1970s cartoon version. Oh uh, yes, I'm gonna get a that. Can I erase the Hobbit trilogy? Oh yes, please. please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, right. Well, I made the, through this podcast without coughing too much. Yeah, you cough twice. We'll get that in post. Probably not. Probably not. We'll leave it in there for realism. Yeah. Like we, well, this is a gritty podcast. We'll leave sickness in here yeah we're gritty like gotham yeah exactly like gotham like i my i feel like uh an idiot for my perception of that show you i thought it was like cw it was a cw show that's why i thought that yeah i thought all shows on cw were uh variations on dawson's creek well you're you're not wrong (laughs) i mean that's what the flash and arrow were basically yeah. And the rest of those shows. Yeah. Um, Smallville. Oh, yeah. Smallville was Dawson's Creek meets Superman for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was more Dawson's Creek than Superman. Yeah. In in the in the pilot episode, there's actually a very famous stunt in um in that movie where Lex Luthor is driving over this little rickety bridge that Clark Kent is walking over in on his Porsche and he's not paying attention. He's fumbling with his like razor. And he swerves and hits Clark Kent into the railing and into the river. Uh-huh. And they really did that. A real person drove a Porsche through a barrier made of foam. It was painted to look like metal. And a stunt actor, a stuntman was was standing there and got hit by a Porsche and went into a river. What? Yeah, it was. It's like a really good stunt for TV. Did anybody get injured or perish? No, they were professionals. Wow. Um, on that note, that's a good way to end the Pee Wee episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hold on. I, I was going to ask you this for as a special treat to the people who made it all the way to the very end. Will you give us your best Pee Wee Herman impression? Okay. What? <laughs> 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 Pee Wee Herman doing an impression of Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Uh, Part of this complete 
Breakfast, Mr. T Cereal.